Hare Krishna, dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the haven, which Mateo told us today is like heaven. Haven, heaven, it's good. It's all good. Here in Kent, Hythe, Kent, Southeast England, just near the English Channel, and we've got eight distinguished guests from London today, tonight, and we're just thrilled, more than thrilled, to have them all here. Thank you for coming. We hope all of you out there in cyberspace are well and happy and uh, safe. In this world, it's becoming more and more dangerous by the day. So this is the safe haven. Hearing transcendental sound every day in the company of devotees who like to hear. This is the path to awakening, realization of the self, and eventually full-blown love of God. We welcome you all. Hare Krishna. Um, we begin our reading by hearing. We do a lot of hearing around here. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram from Sri Krishna Lila Stava, which is a book written by Srila Sanatana Goswami. And Srila Sanatana Goswami is the senior disciple of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, even though we're called Rupanugas. Rupanugi, Rupa Goswami is the brother of Sanatana Goswami. We're called Rupanugas because we follow his line. But Sanatana Goswami is considered by Rupa Goswami to be his spiritual master. He's his elder brother. So he spent more time, Sanatana Goswami did, with Lord Chaitanya than any other person on the earth getting full instructions on the science of Krishna consciousness, A to Z. And he wrote this stotra glorifying the Srimad Bhagavatam. It goes like this. Sarva Shastra Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Srimad Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kalidvandurita Ditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya. Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who were supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madekabando Matsangin Madguru man mahadana, man nistadagamad bhagya, mad anandana mostute. 
my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadu tadayin atini chotata kara hanamunchagadachen mam premnarit kantayokspura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 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 So we reached the 15th chapter of the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam Krishna has left the planet and the Pandavas are feeling such deep separation they can't tolerate so they're making their plans to join Krishna wherever he is this is what eternal associates of Lord do they follow the Lord wherever he goes and serve him directly personally so we're beginning with text 38 and it's discussing uh, what Mara Yudhishthir did when he found out from Arjuna that Krishna had left. Text 38 Thereafter, in the capital of Hastinapur, he enthroned his grandson, who was trained and equally qualified as the emperor and master of all land bordered by the seas. Purport The total land on the earth bordered by the seas was under the subjugation of the king of Hastinapur. Maharaj Yudhishthir trained his grandson Maharaj Prikshit who was equally qualified in state administration in terms of the king's obligation to the citizens. This Prikshit was enthroned on the seat of Maharaj Yudhishthir prior to his departure back to Godhead. Concerning Maharaj Prikshit, the specific word used, Vinayinam, is significant. Why was the king of Hastinapur, at least till the time of Maharaj Prikshit, accepted as the emperor of the world? The only reason is that the people of the world were happy because of the good administration of the emperor. The happiness of the citizens was due to the ample production of natural produce, such as grains, fruits, milk, herbs, valuable stones, minerals, and everything else that the people needed. They were even free from all bodily miseries, anxieties of mind and disturbances caused by natural phenomena and other living beings because everyone was happy in all respects there was no resentment among the citizens although there were sometimes battles between the state of kings for political reasons and supremacy 
Everyone was trained to attain the highest goal of life, and therefore the people were also enlightened, enlightened enough not to quarrel over trivialities. The influence of the age of Kali gradually infiltrated the good qualities of both the kings and the citizens, and therefore a tense situation developed between the ruler and the ruled. But still, even in, the, in this age of disparity between the ruler and the ruled, there can be spiritual emolument and God-consciousness. That is a special prerogative. Text 39 Then he posted Bhadra, the son of Aniruddha, grandson of Lord Krishna, at Mathura as the king of Shurasena. Afterwards, Maharaj Yudhishthir performed a prajapatya sacrifice and placed him in himself the fire for quitting household life. Purport. Maharaj Yudhishthir, after placing Maharaj Parikshit on the imperial throne of Hastinapur, and after posting Vajra, the great grandson of Lord Krishna, as the king of Mathura, accepted the renounced order of life. The system of four orders of life and four castes in terms of quality and work, known as Varnashram Dharma, is the beginning of real human life. And Maharaj Yudhishthir, as the protector of this system of human activities, timely retired from active life as a sannyasi, handing over the charge of the administration to a trained prince, Maharaj Parikshit. The scientific system of Varnashram Dharma divides the human life into four divisions of occupation and four orders of life. The four orders of life as Brahmachari, Grihastha, Vanaprastha and Sannyasi are to be followed by all, irrespective of the occupational division. Modern politicians do not wish to retire from active life, even if they are old enough. But Yudhishthira Maharaj, as an ideal king, voluntarily retired from active administrative life to prepare himself for the next life. Everyone's life must be so arranged that the last stage of life, say at least the last 15 to 20 years prior to death, can be absolutely devoted to the devotional service of the Lord, to attain the highest perfection of life. It is really foolishness to engage oneself all the days of one's life in material enjoyment and fruitive activities. Because as long as the mind remains absorbed in fruitive work for material enjoyment, there is no chance of getting out from conditioned life or material bondage. One should follow this one should no one excuse me, no one should follow the suicidal policy of neglecting one's supreme task of attaining the highest perfection of life, namely going back home, back to Godhead. Text forty. Maharaj Yudhishthir at once relinquished all his garments, belt, 
and ornaments of the royal order and became completely disinterested and unattached to everything. Purport To become purified of material contamination is the necessary qualification for becoming one of the associates of the Lord. No one can become an associate of the Lord or, or can go back to Godhead without such purification. Maharaj Yudhishthira, therefore, to become spiritually pure, at once gave up his royal opulence, relinquishing his royal dress and garments. The kashaya, or saffron loincloth of a sannyasi, indicates freedom from all attractive material garments and thus he changed his dress accordingly. He became disinterested in his kingdom and family and thus became free from all material contamination or material designation. People are generally attached to various kinds of designations. The designations of family, society, country, occupation, wealth, position, and many others. As long as one is attached to such designations, he is considered materially impure. The so-called leaders of men in modern age are attached by national consciousness, but they do not know that such false consciousness is, another, is also another designation of the materially conditioned soul. One has to relinquish such designations before one can become eligible to go back to Godhead. Foolish people adore such men who die in national consciousness. But here is an example of Maharaj Yudhishthira, a king who prepared himself to leave this world without such national consciousness. And yet he is remembered even today because he was a great pious king almost on the same level with the personality of Godhead, Sri Rama. And because the people and because the people of the world were dominated by such pious kings, they were happy in all respects. And thus it was quite possible for such great emperors to rule the world. Text forty one. Then he amalgamated all the sense organs into the mind, then the mind into life, life into breathing, his total existence into the embodiment of the five elements, and his body into death. Then as pure self, he became free from the material conception of life. Purport. Maharaj Yudhishthira, like his brother Arjuna, began to concentrate within himself and gradually became freed from all material bondage. First he concentrated all the actions of the senses and amalgamated them into the mind. Or in other words, he turned his mind toward the transcendental service of the Lord. He prayed that since all material activities are performed by the mind, in terms of actions and reactions of the material senses. And since he was going back to Godhead, the mind would wind up its material activities and be turned towards the transcendental service of the Lord. There was no longer a need for material activities. 
Actually, the activities of the mind cannot be stopped, for they are the reflection of the eternal soul. But the quality of the activities can be changed from matter to the transcendental service of the Lord. The material color of the mind is changed when one cleanses it of the contaminations of life-breathing and thereby becomes and therefore and thereby frees it from the contamination of repeated births and deaths and situates it in pure spiritual life all is manifested by the temporary embodiment of the material body which is a production of the mind at the time of death but if the mind is purified by practice of transcendental loving service to the Lord and is constantly engaged in the service of the lotus feet of the Lord, there is no more chance of the mind's producing another material body after death. It will be freed from absorption in material contamination and the pure soul will be able to return home back to Godhead. Text 42 Thus, amalgamating the gross body of five elements into the three qualitative modes of material nature, he merged the modes into one nations and then absorbed that nations into the self, Brahman, which is inexhaustible in all circumstances. Purport All that is manifested in the material world is the product of the Mahat Tattva Avyakta and things that are visible in our material vision are nothing but combinations and permutations of such variegated material products. But the living entity is different from such material products. It is due to the living entity's forgetfulness of his eternal nature as eternal servitor of the Lord and his false conception of being a so-called Lord of the material nature. The two principal causes of the mind's being materially affected, that he is obliged to enter into the existence of false sense enjoyment with its concomitant generation of material energies. Thus the gross body of five elements is produced. Maharajudhishthir reversed the action and merge the five elements of the body into the three modes of material nature. The qualitative distinction of the body as being good, bad, or mediocre is extinguished. And again, the qualitative manifestations become merged into the material energy, which is produced from a false sense of the pure living being. When one is thus inclined to become an associate of the Supreme Lord, the Personality of Godhead, in one of the innumerable planets of the spiritual sky, especially in Goloka Vrindavan. One has, to always, one has to think always that he is different from the material energy and has nothing to do with it. And he has to realize himself as pure spirit, Brahman, qualitatively equal with the Supreme Brahman, Parameshwara. Maharaj Yudhishthira, after distributing his kingdom to Parikshit and Vajra, 
did not think himself emperor of the world or head of the Kuru dynasty. This sense of freedom from material relations as well as freedom from the material engagement of the gross and subtle encirclement makes one free to act as the servitor of the Lord. Even though one is in the material world, this stage is called the Jivan Mukta stage or the liberated stage even while remaining in the material world. That is the process of ending material existence. One must not only think that he is Brahman, but, but must act like Brahman. One who only thinks himself Brahman is an impersonalist, and one who acts like Brahman is the pure devotee. Text 43. After that, Maharaj Yudhisthira dressed himself in torn clothing, gave up eating all solid foods, voluntarily became duff, voluntarily became dumb, and let his hair hang loose. All this, com- all this combined to make him look like an urchin or madman with no occupation. He did not depend on his brothers for anything. And just like a deaf man, he heard nothing. Purport. Thus being freed from the all external affairs, he had nothing to do with imperial life or family prestige, and for all practical purposes, he posed himself exactly like an inert mad urchin and did not speak of material affairs. He had no dependence on his brothers, who had all along been helping him. This this stage of complete independence from everything is also called the purified stage of fearlessness. Text 44. He then started towards the north, treading the path accepted by his forefathers and great men who devote himself completely to the thought of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And he lived in that way wherever he went. Purport It is understood from this verse that Maharaj Yudhishthir followed in the footsteps of his forefathers and the great devotees of the Lord. We have discussed many times before that the system of Varnashram Dharma, as it was strictly followed, by the inhabitants of the world, specifically by those who inhabited the Aryavarta province of the world, emphasizes the importance of leaving all household connections at a certain stage of life. The training and education was so imparted, and thus a respectable person like Maharaj Yudhishthir had to leave all family connection for self-realization and going back home back to Godhead. No king or respectable gentleman would continue family life till the end because that was considered suicidal and against the interest of the perfection of human life. In order to be free from all family encumbrances and devote oneself set percent in the devotional service of Lord Lord Krishna, this system is always recommended 
for everyone because it is the path of authority. The Lord instructs in the Bhagavad Gita, 1862, that one must become a devotee of the Lord, at least at the stage of one's at the last stage of one's life. A sincere devotee of the Lord, like Maharaj Yudhishthir, must abide by this instruction of the Lord for his own interest. The specific words Brahma Param indicate Lord Sri Krishna. This is corroborated in the Bhagavad Gita 10, 12, and 13 by Arjuna with reference to great authorities like Asita, Devala, Narada, and Vyas. Thus Maharaj Yudhishthira, while, while leaving home for the north, constantly remembered Lord Sri Krishna within himself, following in the footsteps of his forefathers as well as the great devotees of all times. Text 45 The younger brothers of Maharaj Yudhishthir observed that the age of Kali had already arrived throughout the world and that the citizens of the kingdom were already affected by irreligious practice. Therefore, they decided to follow in the footsteps of their elder brother. Purport. The younger brothers of Maharaj Yudhishthir were already obedient followers of the great emperor and they had sufficiently been trained to know the ultimate goal of life. They therefore decided to follow their eldest brother in rendering devotional service to Lord Sri Krishna. According to the principles of Sanatana Dharma, one must retire from family life after half the duration of life is finished and must engage himself in self-realization. But the question of engaging oneself is not always decided. Sometimes retired men are bewildered about how to engage themselves for the last days of life. Here is a decision by authorities like the Pandavas. All of them engage themselves in favorably culturing the devotional service of the Lord Sri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. According to Swami Sridhar, Dharma, Artha, Kama, and Moksha, or fruitive activities, philosophical speculations, and salvation, as conceived by several persons, are not the ultimate goal of life. They are more or less practiced by persons who have no information about the ultimate goal of life. The ultimate goal of life is already indicated by the Lord Himself in the Bhagavad Gita, 1865. And the Pandavas were intelligent enough to follow it without hesitation. Text 46 They, had, they, had, they all had performed all the principles of religion and as a result rightly decided that the lotus feet of Lord Sri Krishna are the supreme goal of all. Therefore they meditated upon his feet without interruption. Purport In the Bhagavad Gita 728 the Lord says that only those who have done pious deeds in previous lives 
and to become freed from the results of all impious acts can concentrate on the lotus feet of the Supreme, the Supreme Lord, Sri Krishna. The Pandavas, not only in this life, but also in their previous lives, had always performed the supreme pious work, and thus they are ever freed from all the reactions of impious work. It is quite reasonable, therefore, that they concentrated their minds upon the lotus feet of the Supreme Lord, Sri Krishna. According to Sri Vishwanath Chakravarti, the principles of Dharma, Artha, Kama, and Moksha are accepted by persons who were not free from the results of impious action. Such persons, affected with the contaminations of the above four principles, cannot at once accept the lotus feet of the Lord in the spiritual sky. The Vaikuntha world is situated far above the material sky. The material sky is under the management of Durga, Durga Devi, or the material energy of the Lord. But the Vaikuntha world is managed by the personal energy of the Lord. Texts 47 and 48 Thus, by pure consciousness, due to constant devotional remembrance, they attain the spiritual sky, which is ruled over by the supreme Narayana, Lord Krishna. This is attained only by those who meditate upon the one supreme Lord without deviation. This abode of Lord Sri Krishna, known as Goloka Vrindavan, cannot be attained by persons who are absorbed in the material conception of life. But the Pandavas, being completely washed of all material contamination, attained that abode in their very same bodies. Purport According to Srila Jiva Goswami, a person freed, freed from the three modes of material qualities, namely goodness, passion, and ignorance, and situated in transcendence, can reach the highest perfection of life without change in body. Srila Sanatana Goswami says in his Hari Bhakti Bilas that a person, whatever he may be, can attain the perfection of a twice-born Brahmana by undergoing the spiritual disciplinary actions under the guidance of a bona fide spiritual master, exactly as a chemist can turn gun metal into gold by chemical manipulation. It is therefore the actual guidance that matters in the process of becoming a Brahmana, even without change of body, or in going back to Godhead without change of body. Srila Jiva Goswami remarks that the word he used in this connection positively affirms this truth and there is no doubt about this factual position. The Bhagavad Gita 1426 also affirms this statement of Srila Jiva Goswami when the Lord says that anyone who executes devotional service systematically without deviation can attain the perfection of Brahman by, surpa by surpassing the contamination of the three modes of material nature. And when the Brahman perfection is still more advanced by the self-same execution of devotional service, 
there is no doubt at all that one can attain the supreme spiritual planet, Goloka Vrindavan, without change of body, as we have already discussed in connection with the Lord's returning to his abode without a change of body. See purport to text 32 of this chapter. Hare Krishna. And surprisingly, that's already up to 750. That's amazing. No time, no space in the haven. Hare Krishna. All right, I'm going to stop the reading tonight. Tomorrow we'll start up at text 49. This exciting journey of the Pandavas back to Godhead. So I'm just here anxiously awaiting the reflections of the assembled sages here or out there in cyberspace so that we can churn this nectar ocean. This is the process. This is the process. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. You can see him back there. I have a yes, please. Mm. We have a question from Keshavan. Um, Prabhupada mentions in the purport 42 about the Jivan Mukta stage. Mm. Um, and he talks about one must, one must not only think that he is Brahman but must act like Brahman. One who only thinks himself Brahman is an impersonalist, and one who acts like Brahman is the pure devotee. What does it entail to act like Brahman? It means you engage your body, your mind, and your words exclusively in devotional service to Krishna for his satisfaction and for no other reason. When you actually are engaged in, in pure devotional service, whatever you're doing, whatever your daily activity is, if you're doing it in full consciousness of Krishna for the satisfaction of Krishna, and then practically act, give the fruits, give your words, give your intelligence, give your mind, give your service, then you become as good as liberated, even while you're in the material body. A person who is fully engaged in devotional service with no other motive is liberated in this life. That's Jivan Mukta. Mm -hmm. That's what it means to act like one is Brahman. The impersonalist sits and meditates and thinks of being Brahman. Therefore, he can't really do anything to help anybody. <laughs> because it's all about him. It's all about just his own uh, liberation or his own welfare, his own perfection, his own uh, situation. But the pure devotee is always looking to help others. Labante Brahmanirvanam Rishiyat China Kalmashaha Sarvabhuta Hite Rataha. These are the symptoms of the liberated soul given by Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita. And one of them is the last one, Sarvabhuta 
itevataha. He always thinks about doing good to others. He always engages himself in service to Krishna by helping others come to Krishna consciousness, which is the goal of life. And in this way he attains the goal of life without separate endeavor. So the Maharaj Yudhishthira and the Pandavas, they're eternal associates of Krishna. Normally people don't go back to God in their same self-same bodies. But they are eternal associates of Krishna. Therefore they are exceptions to the rule. But we generally follow the rule. Prabhupada said, if you expect an honorary degree, go to a university and expect an honorary degree and not do the work to get the degree, then you're a fool. Or you can do something so outstanding in human society that some university will say, come, let us give you an honorary degree. But we can't be like that in our devotional lives, in our devotional service. We shouldn't expect somebody to come and just plop it on our plate. Here it is. Oh, good. You know, it's, it's like we need to be ourselves dedicated to helping others for the pleasure of the Lord. Why? Because the Lord wants that. The Lord doesn't suffer. He doesn't have a material body like ours. He's not forced to do anything. But when He sees, He, he, his, he misses us. Can you get me ninth canto? Yeah. Sometimes devotees get confused about how it is that the, the, the Lord can be in anxiety. But he can be in anxiety because of this. This is Lord Vishnu, or Krishna, speaking to Durvasamuni, who has run away from the Sudarsan Chakra uh, and is trying to get relief from the results of his offenses to Ambarish Maharaj. O best of the Brahmanas, without saintly persons for whom I am the only destination, I do not desire to enjoy my transcendental bliss and my supreme opulences. Purport. The Supreme Personality of God is self-sufficient, but to enjoy His transcendental bliss, He requires the cooperation of His devotees. In Vrindavan, for example, although Lord Krishna is full in Himself, he wants the cooperation of his devotees, like the cowherd boys and the gopis, to increase his transcendental bliss. Such pure devotees, who can increase the pleasure potency of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, are certainly most dear to him. Not only does the Supreme Personality of Godhead enjoy the company of his devotees, but because he is unlimited, he wants to increase his devotees unlimitedly. Thus he descends to the material world to induce the non-devotees and rebellious living entities 
to return home back to Godhead. He requests them to surrender unto him because, unlimited as he is, he wants to increase his devotees unlimitedly. The Krishna consciousness movement is an attempt to increase the number of pure devotees of the Supreme Lord more and more. It is certain that a devotee who helps in this endeavor to satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead becomes indirectly a controller of the Supreme Lord. Although the Supreme Lord is full in six opulences, he does not feel transcendental bliss without his devotees. An example may be cited. An example that may be cited in this regard is that if a rich man does not have sons in a family, he does not feel happiness. Indeed, sometimes a rich man adopts a son to complete his happiness. The science of transcendental bliss is known to the pure devotee. Therefore, the pure devotee is always engaged in, in increasing the transcendental happiness of the Lord. So we, we do that, to answer your question, we, we do that in order to, we, we act like Brahman in order to do that. to increase the pleasure of the Lord. Thank you, Maharaj. Thank you. Fantastic question. Fantastic question. Yes, Bhakti Eden. For all of you out in cyberspace, this is Bhakti Eden. And Bhakti Eden is going to join us in the disciplic succession of Parampara tomorrow morning. He's going, to enjoy, he's going to join Krishna's family and do exactly what I just read about. Increase Krishna's transcendental happiness. And he's going to be himself happier than he's ever could imagine. Hare Krishna. Sorry. Hare Krishna Maharaj. And, Hare Krishna. Uh, thank you for the reading. And it's always nice to read an association, and especially with you at makes it all the more glorious. So thank you for giving us this opportunity. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So I just had a little reflection on the back of your reflection um, about how it's a, it's a process. <coughs> and I uh, just wanted to comment on how the genius of Prabhupada actually and the, the way he writes uh, about mm. this process mm. and especially in those, five, uh, those few verses that we read. Mm. First of all, starting off with, um, you know, uh, getting away from the material contamination and mm. then attaching ourselves to to the process and uh, he makes it very clear with the process describes Varnashram and uh, how that that would work and obviously Prabhupada said 50% of his work still missing because of the Varnashram not being established but um, he also mentioned that we we should be become Brahmanas um, in this process and that begins with um, surrendering to a guru who teaches us that process. Mm. So, just wanted to reflect on how wonderful that process is, and uh, how clear Prabhupada makes it that it's a process and not something that we can get to immediately, and that we should 
take it step by step to to get there and follow the 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 examples of great souls like Yudhisthira and yes. Arjuna and yes, brothers. Yes, exactly, exactly. And the and and the goal of all of that is to become attracted to and attached eventually to and to fall in love with Krishna. As the Beatles used to say, love, 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 talking about. That's what everybody's looking for. They write their poems, they, they write their lyrics to their music, they got widescreen. Nowadays, even on the computer and television screens, you can see anything you want to see practically. But it's all about looking for that full satisfaction. And, and unless we have pure love for Krishna, we cannot taste that full satisfaction. We will taste some of it, a little bit more, some of it, a little bit, a little bit. But when we get attracted to Krishna by this, following this process, then we are approaching the perfection. And when we fall, as they say, head over heels in love with Krishna, You've seen people who are head over heels in love. They just, you know, they don't know what's up and down, the night or day. They, all they can think about is their lover, and they're here, they're there. Where are they? And where do they go? And you know, well, a devotee who falls in love with Krishna is like that, and that's why it was describing Maharaj Yudhishthir as wandering around like, like an urchin, even though he's the emperor of the world. He has all the most elevated qualities that one can imagine. But he is head over heels in love with Krishna. And therefore he can't feel complete without being with Krishna. Then you become eligible for being an associate of Krishna. That's the process. The goal of the process. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Maharaj. Thank you. This is from Rati Manjari. Rati Manjari, Hare Krishna. She's from Holland. She's in Holland. Yeah. She says, Jai Guru Maharaj, bring on the wonderful sound of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Mm. It is truly the only solace for my battered and wandering soul. Hare Krishna. Thank you for your diligence. It's all of our... Yes, it's the only thing that can quench our thirst. It's the only thing that can quench our thirst completely for transcendental happiness. Hare Krishna. Uh, Rasika Shiraman. Rasika Shiraman, he's in the next room. <laughs> Nursing his back. Hare Krishna, beloved Guru Maharaj. Thank you for keeping the wind in the sails of your hearers. The rushing wind of Sri the Prabhupada's thought and mercy. Mm. All glories to Guru and Goranga and your service to them. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Rasika. Thank you. That's from Rai Kanu. Rai Kanu. Hari Bo. She's from, she's from Hong Kong. Now she's living here. So you know that. Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisance and all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Mm. 
Jai. All glories to his divine grace. Hare Krishna. Sudevi Dasi says Hare Krishna Maharaj. She's in Florida. Hare both Sudevi. She's my god sister. And from Bhakta Rupa. Haribo Bhaktarupa, he's in Wales, he's you know Bhaktarupa, he's a Sankatan devotee from Wales. He says, Thanks, Maharaj, that was over in a flash. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, when you get into Krishna consciousness, time just it goes. No time, no space. That's why people who have material conceptions and compare Krishna to themselves or to other mundane persons or compare the spiritual world to this world they, they get confused they can't understand how there's no time and space in the spiritual world and no time and space means that every time you meet someone every time you do something it's like the first time you did it because there's no past, present and future in the spiritual world and therefore all of your anxieties gone the only anxiety left is where's Krishna <laughs> what does Krishna want and how can I do it Hare Krishna from Daitari Hari Daitari Hari the Welsh contingency is here Hare Krishna Maharaj thank you for tonight's reading the difference between Yudhishthir and Putin is literally polar opposites in terms of how a ruler conducts himself. <laughs> he ruled a kingdom for the welfare of his citizens to elevate them in God consciousness and was willing to give up his kingdom in a second for the purpose of self-realization. As for the current leaders of the United Kingdom and the United States, they aren't even trying to be leaders in any way so you can't even compare them with Yudhishthir. It's scary how far off we are in the world today, but it's nice to see what a leader should be. Is there the possibility for genuine Kshatriyas and Rajarshis to emerge again at some point in this golden age? It's very unlikely. <coughs> it's possible within this 10,000 streak, 10,000 year streak of Lord Chaitanya's appearance. This is described in Shastra, that the Christian conscious movement will go on increasing, but while it's increasing, it will polarize the world and it will divide, divide into camps and fight among themselves and kind of clean the earth. It, it happens in different ways at different times in history. The Battle of Kurukshetra was a big one, one of the biggest ones, actually maybe the biggest one in the history of the earth. And that was Krishna personally cleansing the earth of the demoniac elements so that Maharaj Yudhishthira could rule and the people could, be, could feel happy and the earth would produce what was uh, ple give pleasure to the people, to the human beings and the animals also. So... Yeah, and that conflict will, will go on and the devotees will be aloof from it and they will continue it sounds inconceivable but they will continue the books will keep getting printed 
we will keep getting the books out more devotees will keep coming and we're seeing just the beginning of it in our in our ashram in, in London now Hare Krishna from Anandamurti Hare Krishna Anandamurti she's in Osaka Japan Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's reading. Maharaj Yudhisthira Ki Jai. I found that nothing, that there's nothing to do in this material world except devotional service. She came right to the point, the essence. She's, she's raising a, a girl, a little girl, and she's quite educated. She graduated from, I don't remember which university, but maybe it was in, I don't remember, but in political science or international relations or some high-end, you know. But now she goes and distributes books in between her job. Yeah, she works full-time, and she goes out and distributes books almost every day and does programs and yeah makes devotees and it can't be done Hare Krishna thank you Anandamurti and from Gopakanya Devi Dasi Gopakanya Hare Krishna Hare Krishna dear Maharaj and all the assembled sages all glories to Sri the Prabhupada glories to his divine grace Hare Bol and then something more from Rati Manjari yes Rati Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. I have a question. Tonight we heard about how Yudhishthir Maharaj placed his grandson on the throne, Parikshit Maharaj. I thought that Parikshit Maharaj was the son of Abhimanyu, who is the son of Arjuna. Is that correct? That would make Parikshit technically not his grandson, but perhaps that is not important. Or I am No, mistaken. in the Vedic culture the connections were a little different you know in the Vedic culture uh, the Prikshit considered to, considers himself to be the grandson of the um, five Pandavas that, that relationship is there the relationships are different in the Vedic culture the relationships are tighter in the family actually we don't even know what family life is actually like now. It's gone, completely gone. Just like there was, there was that story of Raghunath Das Goswami, and um, he was uh, he 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 was acting like an ordinary pounds and shilling man on the order of Lord Chaitanya, so that he would become. Uh, eventually freed to come to the lotus feet of the Lord and while he was doing that he was he was very expert and his father got in trouble with the tax man or something like that and uh, they went to, to arrest him but he wasn't there he got the vibe and left somewhere else but Raghunath Das was there so the Chaudhary arrested Raghunath Das so Raghunath Das said actually uh, our our village relationship was such that you were like my father uh, and therefore you shouldn't treat your son like this 
and he he was Muslim, and he just his heart melted because Raghunath Das was empowered and beautiful and loving, and therefore he released him, and he made an arrangement so that he got his father to come and see him, his uncle or father, either one. So the relationships were different in the Vedic culture. Extended family. They were extended family. People were cousins, many times removed, but they were still cousins. Cousin brothers, cousin sisters. Hare Krishna. Another question from Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. Tonight we heard that Yudhishthir Maharaj merged his body into the elements to go back home to his Lord Sri Krishna. We also heard that the Pandavas went back to Godhead in their self-same bodies. How are we to understand these two statements? It's it's a it's a sp spiritual alchemy. It's spiritual alchemy. It's a spiritually chemical process. It's not material. But, but it means that you merge your consciousness, you merge your senses into your mind. You're still sitting there, just like he's still, after he did all these things, he walked to the north. It's not that he became a molecule or, <laughs> or something, you know, <laughs> or became the Mahatattva. But in his meditation, he detached himself completely. This is a process of meditation detaching oneself completely from the material identification. Uh, we can do the same thing by chanting Hare Krishna in the Kali Yuga by the grace of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. If you absorb yourself in your rounds with your mind absorbed in the sound so that your mind's not doing something else than your mouth and your tongue and your voice. When you absorb yourself like that, then you become free from your body and you taste transcendental bliss. So that that's the alchemy process for us. We can't do that, what Yudhishthira did in the Kali Yuga in, in now. But people before, they could do that. But Lord Chaitanya, he turned the process upside down. He gave us the highest thing as the process to become eligible to do the highest thing. Whereas before you would have to meditate for thousands of years to be able to chant Hare Krishna without offense. But the goal has always been to chant Hare Krishna. That's why sometimes higher the people in the higher planets, they, they desire to take birth in the earth in Kali Yuga. Because they can chant Hare Krishna and go back to Godhead. Chant the, the holy name of the Lord is Krishna. We may not be able to perceive it while we're chanting due to our contamination. But when you chant Hare Krishna, you're actually associating with Krishna. And the more purified you become, and therefore there's a very nice verse. Can you hand me that little kind of there's a little tiny book on top of the Bhagavad Gita yeah, it's a, there you go 
Oh, I don't know if I have it. I don't know if I wrote this down in this particular place. There's a verse in the Padma Purana, very powerful verse. Maybe I'm going to have to look at it somewhere else. Uh, hand me the verse book. It's right at the bottom. Yeah, that's it. Thank you very much. Well, what do you know? Turned right to it. Save me some time. Thank you very much. This is from the Padma Purana. Nam aparada yukta nam namanyeva harantyagam avishranti priyuktani tanyeva tani evarta karanicha. The chanting of Hare Krishna is recommended for persons who commit offenses. Because if they continue chanting, they will gradually chant offenseless offenselessly even in the if even at the, in the beginning one chants the Hare Krishna mantra with offenses one will become free from such offenses by chanting again and again so the recommendation therefore is to don't stop chanting Hare Krishna and if you're particularly offensive then chant Hare Krishna continuously and you will get free from that because the holy name of the Lord is the most powerful thing. It's the only thing that can purify us from our degradation, from being raised in the West during this time. So we, in other words, we get all the benefits that all of these elevated persons who knew the mystic alchemy process of meditation and merging you know, the senses in the mind and the mind and the intelligence and intelligence of ego, ego and the Mahatattva and all of that. It's kind of reversing the process of creation inside oneself. And then one becomes completely detached. He's not, he's not, he doesn't care about, you know, what people think of him. And he just goes directly back to the spiritual world. Where he, where he attains a spiritual body. But Maharaj Yudhishthir is not ordinary. He's an eternal associate of Krishna. He has an eternal spiritual body. Yes. Mateo, please. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna Mateo. Just following this discussion, um, I wanted to ask why is it that um, it is easier in the age of Kali Yuga, in Kali Yuga, um, so we just need to uh, chant the Maha Mantra. So that's that's easier compared to doing these yes. yogis, yoga processes. Um, but why is it that now that people are less pious, it is easier to attain um, Krishna than it was back in? This the is a fantastic ages? question. Thank you very much. Such spiritual intelligence you have. Fantastic question. The reason is because the mercy of Lord Chaitanya, Namo Mahavaranyaya, Krishna Prema Pradayate, Krishnaya, Krishna Chaitanya, Namne Gora Tujena Maha. He is 
Namo Mahavadanyara avatar. He's the most merciful avatar of Krishna. He's Krishna, but he's in the mood of Radharani and therefore he's the most merciful. And therefore he decided that his mercy, when he came here in the form of Lord Chaitanya, would flow naturally to the most fallen. And therefore he gave us the holy name, both as our means and our goal at the same time. Chanting of the Hare Krishna is the means to attain the goal, and it's the goal at the same time. And for that reason, by the mercy of Lord Chaitanya only, by his will, he came to give everyone love of God. That doesn't mean that everyone will accept it necessarily immediately, but over time, he's delivering the whole world by this process. Parinam Sankirtan. Otherwise, it would not be possible. Because the people in Kali Yuga are too fallen. You know, just meditate on yourself and what you've done and who you are and what your qualifications are, and you'll become to the conclusion very quickly <laughs> that you need that kind of mercy. All of us do. And that mercy flows in a, in a current of sound, which we're now propagating to, to, to the world. That's clear? Yeah. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. From uh, Rati Manjari. Haribo Rati. She says, thank you for explaining that. She's like a question factor, factory, Rati Manjari. In my mind, I did see a type of dissolution of Yudhisthira taking place. Hmm. Please bless me to chant Hare Krishna without offenses. I need your special mercy on this important matter, dear Guru Maharaj. Well, the truth be told, Rati, that you have been chanting outside to people for a long time, and now you used to go out just by yourself, even in the rain, and chant to the people. And now you've got a group of people that have reached, what, 30, 40, 50? Something like that. She's done this single-handedly, practically. Yeah, because she goes out and she chants Hare Krishna, and she uses her enthusiasm to recruit others to come and chant with her. Now, yeah, Hare Krishna. All I can say, Radhi Manjari, is you just keep doing what you're doing, and everything will be fine. Just don't stop. <laughs> Hare Krishna. From Dr. Oliver. Dr. Oliver, he's from Wales also, I think. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for today's reading. Appreciating Prabhupada's expert explanations. Quote, Actually, the actions of the mind cannot be stopped, for they are the reflection of the soul. But the qualities of the activities can be changed from matter to the transcendental service of the Lord. Very nice. Very nice. So it means that the original mind is soul. It's a quality of the soul. The soul, the soul has mind, has intelligence, has senses, has everything. But they're not made of the modes of material nature. They're made of sat chit, 
domain of eternity, knowledge, and bliss. Just like here we have, you know, goodness, passion, and ignorance. And it's the combination of those qualities that create all of the forms. Just like you have three basic colors in our, in our printers, we have three basic colors, blue, red, and yellow. Blue, red, and yellow. Is that right? Blue, red, and yellow. Yeah. And you, you get all the colors by mixing those colors in different proportions unlimited colors. So the three modes combine unlimitedly to create all these forms and tastes and smells and everything. So in, in the spiritual world, the forms and everything are made of eternity, knowledge, and bliss. They're energies. They're, they're energies of the Lord, just like the material modes of nature are external energies of the Lord. These are the internal energies of the Lord. So the soul is made up of Satchitananda. The soul's form is made up of Satchitananda. And when it comes into the material world, that Satchitananda, which results in Ananda, or love for Krishna, comes through the material senses and turns into faith and attachment of the senses to different objects, depending on the mode of nature that we're in and the mode of nature that that particular you know, uh, object is in. In other words, if you're predominantly in the mode of passion at a moment, you may be attracted to a blazing, you know, f fire engine red car rather than a more subtle car. And we're thinking that's our freedom, our free will, but it's not the free will. It's the senses of the, of the person and the sense objects are in the same mode, compatibility. Therefore, the spiritual soul is there. Love of God is there in the heart of everyone, every single living being, down to the insects and worms. Love of God is there. And it can be awakened, especially in the human form, by this hearing and chanting of Krishna's philosophy and Krishna's qualities and Krishna's pastimes. Hare Krishna. Rati says thank you. Thank you, Rati. Keep up the good work. And I'm going to stop the reading tonight because we're going to have a big day tomorrow. And I need to be regulated. Regulation is the key. Regulation is the key to controlling the mind and senses and being happy. So the mind is created by transformation of the mode of goodness and therefore it wants to be regulated and when it isn't it's like a, a child a child actually wants to be regulated and if you don't regulate them they become they will they go crazy they can ruin the whole party you know with, with their antics so we learn to regulate our senses we actually become happy and that's freedom because what are we doing here? We're trying to be happy. Regulated principles of freedom, Prabhupada said. You can get the, the complete mercy of the Lord through practicing the regulated principles of freedom.
Ragadvesha Vimuktaishtu Vishyan Indriyashcharan Atmavasharbhideyatma Prasadam Adigachtati. So we follow the regular principles to get the mercy of the Lord because by the mercy of the Lord we will get the Lord. We're not looking to see the Lord. We're not looking to get the Lord. We're looking to get the mercy of the Lord. And we get the mercy of the Lord through the mercy of His pure devotees. That's the way it works. And I'm going to stop the reading tonight. Hare Krishna, thank you very much. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samabeda Bhaktabrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi. Tune in tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic. The transcendental, ever-increasing bliss of hearing the Srimad Bhagavatam in the association of like-minded devotees. See you tomorrow. Hare Krishna.